Hey, Liska. Hi, Gabby. So uh, we're here to talk to you about something important. Not important, but like something cool we heard about. Yeah, very extra special message. Uh, an event that you'll be attending. Gabby, tell me about this scam convention. Okay, so um, we've actually heard about this really cool uh, fan event convention, but much smaller, that's happening for Scam Austin. It's Black, Indigenous, People of Color, Voices of Scam, Austin edition. And it's put on by uh, Six Degrees of Connection. The panel is about representation. I think it sounds really interesting. There's going to be some of the actors from Scam Austin, my favorite actors from uh, Scam Austin's. And it's uh, November 21st, so get your tickets. You want to know why I'm even more excited? Why? Because if this goes well, which I hope it does, and we want to stress that it's a, an event not just for Scam Austin fans, but fans for all of the Scam remakes, the OG, obviously, so that we can talk about representation in the media and also in Scam and like how what role it has or hasn't really played in in the remakes, etc. Because I think that's something that gets talked a lot about and it's yeah, really important. We've talked about it a lot on this yeah. show, on our show. I'm really excited about this one, but I'm also really excited about the possibilities yeah. of even more discussion. I mean, listen, anything we can do to both advance this conversation, but also advance Scam, because everyone in the world should watch Scam, I say good for us. <laughs> yeah, and I do want to mention that some a portion of the pre-seats will be going to Black Lives Matters. So cool. yay, again, all, like I, I think I tweeted about this, like the more I hear about it, the more I'm excited uh, about this opportunity. So I'm definitely going to be participating, like I'm just going to be watching it, engaging with it. So I hope that uh, people go online. Uh, like I said, Six Degrees of Connection, Voices of Scam, Austin Edition, they're the ones selling the tickets. I'll make sure to include the link uh, in this episode. Cool. Um, and it's virtual, I assume, all of it. Yeah, it's virtual. Awesome. Yeah, sounds like it'll be really fun. Yay! All right. So yeah, we we come to you from our separate locations. <laughs> In yeah. far flung parts of the country. <laughs> this time, I'm on the East Coast. Woo! I'm Gabby. And I'm Liska. And this is... Prides in a Region. A, a podcast about scam and its multiple parallel universes. Sure. That's right. Yeah. And this is the last episode of OG, and I don't like it. I know. I was having weird, <laughs> like, uh, I kept putting, we kept putting off recording it, and I was like, is this, is some part of me putting this off just because, like, I kind of don't want to do it? Like, I mean, just in, like, a, it's yeah. like something, something feels final about it, which is ridiculous, because we have tons of other scam to talk about. It's not, yeah. but, but it's, it's not the same. <laughs> not the same. And it's been so long since we watched OG. And just the minute the episode started, I was like kind of emotional. Me too. I was gonna tell you, I feel like I'm coming home. Like this feeling of like, oh, I was I was like, oh my god, I miss you all every time. Like the moment, I mean, even obviously the moment I started, and the moment I heard uh Isak's voice, I was like, oh, oh, oh my god, I like I just miss everything about this. <laughs> For me, it was like this, the shot of Vilda when she's looking through the bills. Yeah. And there was something about the lighting of it and the length of it, how long it takes, and the audio design that I was like, ah, this is OG. You know what I mean? Like, yes. they're, good, they're good versions. I love them for different reasons. But there's something so special about the totality of this one. That, yeah, no, uh, for sure. Uh, it was funny when you kept when you were like, oh, let's push it back a little bit. I was like, great, I can catch up on Druk. But I thought there was a new clip because I've seen GIFs that I haven't seen. 
but then I couldn't find the translation. So maybe they just haven't done the translation yet. And I'm sure if I go to Instagram, I could find it, but I'm too old for it. I tried to find it on Instagram. <sighs> and then I realized, and we can talk about this because it is kind of like the issue. The, the, the okay. So it's the final episode of Scam. And so that means that technically uh, Sana only got nine, right? Mm -hmm. the, the final is like other people's clips, which people have mixed feelings about. And to some extent, most of the remakes have, a lot of the remakes have followed a similar thing. So I realized that I was so upset with Druk because they took away not one, but two episodes from, <laughs> from their, uh, I think it's, yeah, uh -huh. that I actually haven't watched the last two episodes of like, the original version of Druk. Yeah, um, what about that shit? <laughs> I've, I've seen so many gifs of it that I felt like I had seen it, but I was like, wait, wait, I actually haven't sat down. Right. So I, I do, I was like, okay, I should actually watch this by yeah. new episodes. <laughs> now I'm watching the new one. Right? It's a new generation. It's Kiki's little sister, Nora, because they want to. Oh. That's ridiculous. Come on. <laughs> Don't you guys have any more other names? <laughs> no, it's sticky bits to, to make it confusing for y'all. But uh -huh. I really like it. Cool. That's great. Oh, uh, so the, like, the generation above will make appearances, maybe? Well, I mean, so I think Kiki's kind of their, well, first of all, she's like well, she's the a sister. sister. Yeah, and to establish that link. Okay. Um, so she's there and she's in the chats and whatever. So. Mm -hmm. So Kiki has three, uh, two sisters. Okay, so three. Yeah. Okay. Nora's the youngest. Kiki's the oldest, and then Zoe is the middle one. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of happy that there are three um, remakes airing right now. Uh huh. Even if I'm not watching all of them, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, I don't know, it makes me happy to have that, but I'm not gonna lie, when I was watching this episode, I just, it was a, it was a different feeling, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, and kind of nostalgia for my experience of watching it the first time. And yeah, just like a lot of different, yeah, and I think a little bit of the feeling is kind of uh, just the surreality of, today contrasted with five years ago or I mean I guess not five years ago for this episode but yeah like, I found myself very emotional at the speech at the end because yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about the world today yeah and weirdly how much it was discordant even though it's so relevant <clears throat> but maybe because things feel glummer like there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sense of hopefulness to the speech and things seem gloomy right now. So yeah. it was a little bit like jarring. Um, yeah. In good and ways. I don't know. No, yeah. We can talk about that when we get there. Uh, yeah. Immediately after I went into the kitchen to uh, make a quick dinner, and I don't know why, I felt like I needed to listen to something. And so I put on once um, and I put on Falling Slowly, and then I put it really, really loud. And then I just like sang it really loudly, and I felt better. Um, I don't know. It was just like a cathartic experience. It's such a sad song. It's funny that uh... I don't know. It's it was, and then um, and then it made me think. Um, there's really good cover of it in an episode of Good Trouble, hmm. and then it made me think about Good Trouble and how it wasn't coming back for a long time because of the pandemic, and then I was sad again. Because uh, <laughs> I, I think they had just 
I mean, honestly, Freeform will probably go back into production soon if the CW has. I heard CWs, yeah, like shooting strong. No, except Good Trouble shoots in LA because that's the whole premise. Oh, okay. like that they're living in LA. So, yeah. So I guess well, I don't know. We'll see. Because I think they were they had just started like table reads or something when the pandemic hit. Like they were about to. Well, uh, I should show you that cover because actually it is a good cover. Yeah, and also I love, uh, I'm super impressed that you <laughs> referenced ones. I don't know the last time somebody referenced that movie or music, and I listen to it all the time, and I thought it was I, It was just, like, in my heart. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. All right, so I guess let's just start this. Yeah, uh, we should talk about the episode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm divided into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven segments with eight characters, Eskild and Lynn kind of lumped in together. And then there's the party at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, five. And I think, I don't know, I don't think this is all of them. I don't have the actual list. Um, but I feel like Magnus was in the actual list. I feel like a lot of these are the characters that would have been potential mains had the show continued, but I am 90, I am ninety percent sure Magnus was in the original list, so I wonder why he doesn't get his own. Why doesn't? Okay, I'm just gonna say I'm doubly bummed about it because I just watched Ragnarok season one. Wait, you watched it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I and so I was saving to tell you about it. On oh the wow! Oh my god, that's so funny. Okay. Uh, but oh my god, that's a I had no idea. Okay. <laughs> You're shocked that I watched it. I am. Uh, Mark, tell me about it. <laughs> okay, so I give like in, two enthusiastic thumbs up. Um, I will say it's kind of a weird concept. Okay. So like, you have to, like just get past the idea that, I mean, it's a little bit weird to me. I don't know, maybe it's not so, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But just that like, basically, it's sort of a classic setup. Two brothers are, and their mother moving back to a hometown that, you know, she's from or something. And um, and once he gets there, Magnus, I can't remember his name in the show. I think it's like something very similar, like Magni. I think it's Magni, like without the S or something like that. Anyway, he, it's like weird things start happening to him. He's basically getting superpowers. And then it's like kind of hinted at that they're reincarnations of gods. So anyway, kind of a weird tone. Got to get past that. But I really, really enjoyed it largely because Magnus and P. Chris are fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I actually thought about the show when the P. Chris uh, clip started. I was like, too, oh, shit, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> are super impressive to like so, so impressed as actors in Ragnarok that like looking back on this, I have new appreciation, especially for P. Chris, who I think I like dismissed too much. <clears throat> well, I'm a defender. I mean, not as much as the girls who only defend him because he's so pretty, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, like, I suddenly saw nuances to him. I I mean, I I think he's very funny and I like his character a lot and like, Chris, but also I'm kind of like, oh yeah, it's Pete Chris. Yeah. But now I'm like, no, it's Pete Chris. He actually has death. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the kid that plays Magnus, who, by the way, did you know he was born? I'm pretty sure he was born in America. No. Yeah. I was looking up on IMDb or if he did, if he wasn't born here, he grew up here. So obviously he speaks Norwegian, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> he um he is so good, and he's so well cast for Ragnarok. Really, I, just, I fucking loved it. I loved him in it. Like I would watch the show just for him. Interesting. Uh, well, that got it got renewed for a second season. Yeah, I saw. I saw like a coming suit, like coming. Yeah, on Netflix, they had a he little. Was better. born in the U.S. 
He grew up in Florida. Grew up in Florida. 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 I know. Florida. <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of blew my mind. Texas, That's Florida, whatever. Crazy. Okay. Okay. I have to. I have my little list. Maybe I have to put it up on the list. I don't know. Priorities. I'm. I am obsessed with starting to watch Black Sales, but I keep not doing it. But I'm like, I just want to watch Black Sales. I don't know why. Well, yeah, that show ended like a couple, like a few years ago, right? Yes. It's a pirate show. Yeah. It's a pirate show, but it's a pirate show that is very beloved. Oh, I didn't know that. I feel like I never hear about it. Well, so the thing that I understand, especially the first couple episodes, is that it's kind of like, hey, look at these pirates, look at all these rape, rape and violence. And everyone's like, fuck this. And I was in this age of like the really dark, um, yeah. like peak TV situation, except yeah. it's actually really gay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, for like every sex, like everyone's really fucking gay is my understanding of the show. Like, cannot, cannot, it's not fandom, it's canonically gay. Right, right, right. No, yeah, it's not like reading into it. It is that the characters are- Yeah. <laughs> and that there's like these really interesting character arcs. So I'm just like, so, so I'm really intrigued by it. Yeah, I'll put it on my list. It wasn't even on my radar. Uh, so I keep being like, okay, this is the week that I start uh, Black Sales. But then I keep being like, oh, no, I have to watch this other thing first. Right, oh, right. I have to finish this. Oh, I have to. <laughs> I will say Ragnarok is, like, a pretty quick watch. I and it's even, short. I That's, so that might be a good appeal. Like, shorter than. Yeah, yeah, but there's not that many of them. And I just, yeah. used, I just kind of blew through them. Um, oh, cool. so I just Every episode I was like, Magnus is so good. How did I? I mean, I knew it, but now I know it. <laughs> fair, fair. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think I ever told you about this because uh, I only I was telling Charisse. Um, I was sharing Charisse because a couple of weeks ago, well, it was like two weeks ago. I don't know. Time. Um, I was watching this kid's show and I sent her a, a picture because I was like, look who's here. And she was like, oh, my God. it's uh, it, it was like an actor from Twilight. He was one of the werewolves. And I knew that she was going to know because I know oh, wow. I love him. And then she was like, what are you watching? And I was like, she was like, what? And I was like, look. I'm watching, I'm watching a children's television show. It's called Julia and the Phantoms. And she was like, I love that I can see, like, the shame in it a little bit. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. And then I finished the show, and my shame went away. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I love the show. I'm writing a review for it. So I... <laughs> so after a, for the record, this is by my friends. A, <laughs> it's on my, like... I just put it on my list a couple of days ago, my queue. And B, I freaking watched the entire Babysitter's Club series. Okay. So no one can, I can't judge anyone. To be fair, I think Babysitter's Club is a better show than Julie in that, like, I think it genuinely appeals. I think everyone could love Babysitter's Club. I was right. actually supposed to start a review for that that I never finished. But the first line originally, the first line written was something like, do you like happiness? then this is the show for you. Like, it's like the target audience is everyone. Just softness. And it's funny, I watched it when it was like really bad things were happening in the world. And I was like, I just want to watch something happy right now. And so that's kind of what I said. That's my review of Julian the Phantoms. It's like, hey, you're probably not the target audience, but guess what? Do you want to feel something nice? Then you will like this then show. Then you will like this show. <laughs> And so uh, our friend Phil, he actually, I guess because he, he knows my taste, he was like, hey, one of my clients, our clients, uh, the company that he's working for right now, uh, she wrote the penultimate episode. 
And then after I watched it, I was like, Phil, I almost fucking cried. And he was like, yeah, Unset Emily, it gets you. And I was like, it does? Because <laughs> uh, basically it's like, it's, they don't have that much time because it's only nine episodes so far. So m- most of the storylines revolve around Julie herself. But the Phantoms have been dead for 25 years, so they also have to deal with, like, the life they've left behind. So one yeah. of them kind of gets his cathartic moment. Nice. Very sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, and also it's Danny Ortega, who can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, <laughs> he has not let me down since Newsies. They don't mind hate Newsies, but I love Newsies. Yeah, I'll stand, I'll stand behind that. Okay, cool. All right, so let's start with um, one of, I think, our favorite clips, which is the Vilde clip. Yeah, so her story is pretty simple. We see her doing her makeup, which immediately I was thinking of España <laughs> because of the, like... Yeah, the makeup uh, thing. There is something, it's interesting because I feel like, especially as screenwriters, if you read a lot of scripts or whatever, there's so many moments of, like, looking at a mirror, right? Uh, mm-hmm. like that's, that's a tool that people use all the time. But I think there's something so specific about put like putting on makeup. Well, it's oh, like, totally. um, yeah. but I don't like. I don't know. I, I like this. I like it. I I just uh, that makes me think of a, a producer I was talking to who was having an issue with her writer, and suddenly she realized like you know what it is. It's because he's a guy, and sometimes like this character, she just needs to go in the bathroom and put on makeup, <laughs> and like something about the act of doing it. It's just like kind of an intimate moment Mm -hmm. and and it is sort of like symbolically putting on a face and you know and so uh and and it's just the the problem is this poor writer didn't think of it because it's not a thing that he does and so it's interesting it's interesting you mentioned that as like an important way of spending time with the character yeah I just and that and that's what I think I thought about this because even though all these clips none of these clips are particularly long but there's something so beautiful about everyone or mostly everyone being given a moment to themselves uh, mm-hmm. to some extent. And I just think that uh, Scam is just so good at, at we said, like the, like the moment with the bills that you say, like mm-hmm. that's when I'm missing. That's why I don't necessarily, that's my problem with some of the remakes sometimes. Yeah, because like, they're crunched for time sometimes. Exactly. So have- and that, yeah. so that's part, part of what I liked about this first group episode, that in the first episode, there were so many of her, there were several moments of her by herself, and there was especially moments of her by herself at home, mm. uh, that just her actions were telling me so much about her character. It seems that this is the, from, from, they're taking a lot from Vilde, what they got from this um, clip about the family life, oh, and they okay. are definitely using it over there. Um so I, I am making this connection on purpose. Like we, right. we, we see a clip of Nora. She's by herself going around the house. She's flip. We, we see her kind of like searching for something. We're not sure why she uh, finds uh, her mom had left her some food. She makes it blah, blah, blah. And then she searches one more time and she finds what she's looking for. And it's a bottle of alcohol. Mm. She's looking for all the places that her mom. Hides it. Right, right, right. And she pours it out and then she washes her hands she doesn't want to even want to have that the smell yeah. of alcohol on it on her yeah. and or like and then she goes and she finishes her meal and and I was like okay I'm in like I don't yeah. know what you're gonna do after this yeah. but I'm intrigued 
Exactly. Yeah. What a way to hook you emotionally to a character. Yeah. Um, and so, so there's just, like you said, it's such a short clip and yet I've, it felt very powerful to me. You have the, you, you mentioned the bill moment for, to me, the moment was when she hears the knock on the door. Oh yeah. And the amount of time that it takes her to make that decision to walk to that door. Yeah. Yeah. I think the guy door. Or who turns out to be a guy. I mean, she thinks it's, I think she's worried it's Chris, right? I don't know. I think part of her is worried it's Chris. And what does that mean? And then if it's not Chris, what does that mean? Right? right. No, no right. matter who is on the other side of the door, it's not yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and I think he rings like, he, the, the guy's persistent. <laughs> and then finally knocks. And that's when she finally opens it. And it's hard. It's so... Um, tense for such a simple action mm -hmm. uh and but yeah, so you know, it turns out to be like a co-op president or something and he's very awkward but nice but awkward exchange where he's asking her trying to ask her nicely uh where's the money yeah you haven't paid your fees or whatever <clears throat> and she's like oh okay i'll take care of it and that's kind of a through line of between her and Chris, that sets up a story of between her, yeah, where she's asking Chris for money and yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 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 we'll, and, and be, but you're right, it is set up. So, um, in that final scene, I think even in this clip, uh, that final moment. So yeah, so we, so we see her with the makeup. We see her at the door, sort of handling the situation. She says the mom is at home at that point, uh, but then we immediately, well, actually, before that, um, we get the text from Sana. Um, right. Actually, as she's looking at the bills, and she's kind of very, what am I going to do? And she gets a text from Sana that's like, you're the, so strong, and you just keep going no matter what. And I really admire that. And yeah, I always, the line I always remember is the first person I would bring to, with me to war. Uh, yeah. It's always totally. with me uh, <laughs> through all these years. Yeah. Um, even sometimes when I'm criticizing her, build it. I'm like, uh -huh. look, you're the person that Sana would bring with her to war. So why can't you be up to the standards that I want you to be in recognizing <laughs> microaggressions against your friend. Uh, <laughs> and boy, will there be moments in this episode still with her coming. Yes, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> to the very end. Yeah. And, uh, and I am definitely of mixed feelings on that because uh -huh. I do, I'm not expecting her to be perfect. Uh, and I and, and I do love that the idea for the gift does come from her, and yet I don't know. I just I just at some point want her to have a conversation with Sana. Yeah, and I think it's also just like when those moments happen, it's so cringing. Like it's so that um, bystander embarrassment. Like I'm just so embarrassed for her. However, I really love the way the show handles those moments in this episode. There's a kind of it's between friends kind of thing. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's like everyone kind of knows how to handle it without making it embarrassing for yeah. everyone, even though it's embarrassing for you as a watcher. I actually, the moment with Maddie, watched in fast forward because I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I had forgotten that and I knew it was coming. It's like seeing uh, like two cars running <laughs> for each other. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's going to ask Medi. And oh my God, it's not, he's not Muslim. I don't know what he is, but he's not Muslim. <laughs> And so I was like, look, I'm just reading the subtitles anyway, so it's fine. Like, it's fine. It's just, I'm just making it happen faster. Because uh, I don't want to go through it again. Um, um, honestly, it's weird because I think it's also specific, that embarrassment is specific to the fact that 
it, it is about the religion film that to me makes it even worse. Like I watch a lot of Gama España kind of like this. And I have to watch the clip again. After I <laughs> Sometimes I go on the tag first to kind of get an idea of what's going to happen. Yikes. So I'm like, okay, how bad is it going to be? Uh-huh. Wow. I don't, it's just, but it's okay. like, I don't know. You I never mean, know when a truck is going to come around the corner. Yeah, and I just expect, I'm just, I think the thing is, I'm just expecting everyone in Amira's life to disappoint her constantly. So I'm like, where is it going to come from? <laughs> you have like, you have like, <laughs> like embarrassment PTSD or like cringe PTSD. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm just like, okay, okay, now maybe I need to watch it again with like my full attention now that I know what's going to happen. Or the other thing I do if, if I'm watching it on my phone, I put my phone kind of far away from me as if that's going to make it better. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'm safer. I'm safer here. It's going to hurt less. You have a, a window into how I watch Scott with Yeah, none of it surprises me. It all adds up. <laughs> and okay, so then we, so, and then eventually the actual, Asana, Asana, sort of like the through line of this episode, um, is Sana inviting everyone either on screen or off screen or people getting ready for the, for the party. How do you say, do you know how to say it? I think it's aid, but, or aid, I don't think the D is hit as hard as I said it the first time, but, um, but I'm not totally sure. Aid? I think it's aid. Like, aid? aid? Okay. Yeah, I think. I meant to look it up beforehand, but yes, sorry. And, uh, so that's a lovely moment. And then we see, uh, build the, smile as a response to that yeah. um, so it is that like you said it, it it and it's it's the choice of knowing that that text needs to come when she's looking at those bills that is yeah, like, yeah you you got this julie you know what you're doing uh-huh uh <laughs> and just so, how long it takes to get to the text like yes yeah her in that moment it's nice uh and then we see the the um, sort of like the big reveal i think um to hit you sort of emotionally. And we, this is re really our first glance into Vilda's world ever uh, in a much more intimate way than we've ever had uh, because she does keep some sort of uh, distance from everyone who's been a main, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we see her uh, filling a glass with water and getting uh, sober so pills, uh, which are um, alcohol withdrawal pills. And then we see her going to her mom's room where her mom is, um, is home. Right. It, and is kind of not passed out. Like she is awake sort of, but is clearly in bed in the middle of the day. And um, it's not, yeah, it's not getting out anytime soon. Yes. Yeah. And, and so we see Vilda be very sort of tender and caring towards yeah. her mother. And when her yeah. mom asks who was at the door, she lies. Um, so sort of protective. And I don't know, it was, we never see the mom's face. We only see sort of Vilde comforting her. Yeah, the physicality of that shot, like the, like, because she kind of lies, sits next to her. And, and then, and then lies. Top of her, I thought was really, really beautiful. And um, it, it just added that extra layer of naturalness and familiarity, like family, you know, sense. And yeah, so she lies to her because she doesn't want to upset her about the bill situation. And you kind of see the, see the, it, it's a little, it's, it's what they do in Espana too, where she's sort of shouldering, like you, you can almost see the moment where she's like, okay, I'm going to take care of this. Like, I don't want to burden my mother with this. And the understanding that this isn't the first time and it won't be the last, that we don't know how long she's been doing this, but yeah. at this point, 
it's something that she knows she has to handle or thinks she has to handle. Right. Um, right. Well, I guess technically España took this and expanded it. Not the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. the way I said it sounded like they were, you know, the other way around, but obviously not. No, um, I do find that that's, that was, that's why I also mentioned uh, the group thing, because those are, these are the times that we've been able to get a glimpse and so it's interesting to see what they've taken because all they, I mean, obviously they've had conversations with Julie too, but as an audience, all we've had is this clip to sort of base that off. So I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen Stan France, so I don't know what they took. So I feel bad about that. I know the mom isn't around. There's definitely uh, aspects there, but uh, I don't know the specifics. I'm sorry. Uh, so <laughs> at another time. We, yeah. And obviously we want to focus more, more than anything on OG. That's what we're here for. Yeah. I was gonna say, then she goes out to Chris, who's been waiting for her outside this whole time, and she lies again, where she tells Chris, uh, sorry, I lost track of time. My mom and I just got carried away chatting about stuff. And uh, that was very, like, if you hadn't already had a dagger in your heart, like, <laughs> like this, this was, it twisted. Um, there's something so good to me about putting those back to back, where she's protecting her mother from the world. And then also she's like protecting her friends from, from her mother, or at least from the truth about her. And that's sort of the, the thing that, um, that none of these like story vignettes have proper, they're not like super dramatic storylines or anything, but mm -hmm. the one between Vilda and Chris is, is one that is kind of one. And it's, that's what it centers on. Yeah, and then um, the camera does linger on Chris's face when uh, Vilda says the lie. And there is a moment of hesitation on Chris's right. face. Kind of being like, is that what happened? Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and sort of letting it go. But you see it, and it's, it's, it's there. And we also have to remember that we, we do know that there are rumors about Vilda and her mom. This has been... That's right. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, this has been set up. So, but it's clearly not something that she shares with people. And uh, I just liked seeing that conflict, however briefly, on Chris's face. And it is something that we're going to continue. Yeah. Okay. All right. Should we move on to Eva? She's the next clip. Well, it's really Penetrator Chris. Oh, is it like, it's even actually named after him? No, it's named yeah. after him. No, it says Penetrator Chris. Oh my God. I must have like zoned, like zoned out or something. Like it says the words penetrator Chris. Penetrator Chris. <laughs> yeah. I would say like Chris or Chris. It's like penetrator Chris, which I, I wrote. So right. That makes sense. Why would we have a, a, a clip of Eva when Eva had her whole season? Yeah. Uh, it's just, <laughs> I always wanted to be about Eva, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I know. That's what I thought you were getting at. And I was like, no, I thought it was hilarious, but it was like, yeah. Uh, I, I probably just assumed it was Eva and then like was typing notes and didn't Well, because it opens and you get kind of like a few seconds and then you get the name. So oh, maybe okay. where, yeah, yeah. yeah, you were probably. I must have just looked down or something. That's really funny. Uh, well, that makes more sense. So <laughs> I still don't necessarily love it as a story, but, but like I like a lot about it. Just the very, very end was kind of like, huh, with Emma, but we'll get to that. It's Emma, right? Yeah, it's Emma. I remember... Um, when this clip came out, because I was watching it, like, live, and at this point, yeah, the girls who did, the Scam English girls uh, were mad at the show, so uh, they, they were, were like, we're gonna do it when the whole episode's out, but we're not doing clip by clip anymore, uh -huh. so it was, like, a bit more, like, the Wild Wild West clip by clip, and uh -huh. people are posting it on YouTube, even though you know that they're gonna get taken down within, like, a day or a couple hours or whatever, but... Uh, but the thing is that in YouTube, uh, when when the when the scam English clips when you want watch them, you wouldn't know how many people have watched it because you 
would go to the Google Drive or whatever website they had set up or you find the link or whatever and you just watch it. But on YouTube, you could see the views. And let me tell you, <laughs> the amount of views that this clip had. Listen, he, he does walk around basically <laughs> naked. <laughs> I'm not saying it's up for interpretation to you as to why the clip had stopped. Uh, yeah, well, also, now that I literally understand about Penetrator Chris, it makes sense why they are giving him nuances they've never given him before. Um, I'm an idiot. And he, yeah, he basically, like, starts off talking about a dream he had where he's sort of hinting that he wants to be an item with Eva and she kind of laughs it off and she's like oh you're just a fuck boy and I'm not we're not really a couple and he's clearly hurt but also like yeah and and because he keeps bringing it up over and over right right um in a kind of jokey way but uh you can tell that he means it uh I like that you were like Oh, yeah, let's analyze this. My first note was just like, he is so pretty. I just, like, yeah, no, totally. But, like, he's he's good looking to me in a funny way. Not that he is funny. It's just that he's so good looking, it's funny. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do know what you mean. You're just like, yeah, it's too much. Sorry, nope, not. Can I tell you the quote from the Hemsworth, Chris and Evan? Is that his name? Evan? No. Chris and who's the other Hemsworth? The other two, Liam. Liam. Okay, yeah. So, so I read some. So there, somebody asked their mother something like, um, "How did you make such beautiful children?" And she goes, "Oh, I didn't make that. Hollywood made that." <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of love that quote. I was like, you know, there's three, right? It's just no one can ever remember the name no of. Can, uh, yeah, I want to say it's like Luke or something. Yeah, I think it is Luke. Yeah, he's. You know, you know what his thing is. Okay, first of all, he is a handsome man. He's yeah. just not, like, as hot as his brothers. He's not, he's just not, like, boy band hot. The way and he's short, or shorter, because they're fucking giants. Because they're but, giants, So yeah. somehow, like, it takes it, and I, I'm not a person who usually is, like, oh, tall people, mainly because everyone's tall to me. No. Uh, <laughs> but there is something that I'm, like, I don't know. I feel like his degree of hotness comparative to his brothers is affected by his height. <laughs> I think it's definitely affected by his proximity to them. Oh, like if you're going to family, you're like, okay, yeah, handsome, normal man. But like, <laughs> he's like, poor guy affected by having these brothers. Anyway, I'm sure he's heard every version of this. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, I do want to mention, I don't know if you remember, but it, it is funny because maybe you didn't make the connection because you were like, oh, this is deliberate because it's Eva's point of view. Uh-huh. But there are several parallels to her season in this short scene. Yes, I did notice those. Yes. Um, and I thought they were because it's Eva, but also it makes sense if it's for Pete Chris. So the number <laughs> one is that her mother walks in, mm-hmm. and in, in season one, Jonas like ducks under the bed and hides behind the bed. And in this case, and Pete Chris is just sitting there, like, what up? Like <laughs> and, and I okay, and I love the mom's reaction because she's clearly flustered by many things. First, oh, yeah. there's a guy naked in her daughter's naked, bed. And second there's a hot guy. <laughs> like, 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 she's like, oh, where? where I don't know whether to be proud or like embarrassed or. <laughs> like, like she cannot decide how to respond to this at all. I read that exactly the same way. Like there are multiple reasons why she <laughs> sort of doesn't have words. And then she kind of goes with, oh, I didn't know uh, Eva had a boyfriend to whichever like, 
we don't. No, we're not, we're not together. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris is like, yes. yes. So he's, it's funny to me how charming he is. And I don't think I, I think I usually dismissed his charm as smarminess in, in previous seasons, but here I'm like, no, he is genuinely charming. Like when he says, why did you, well, she says, why did you stand up? And he says like, cause I mean, I was raised right. I'm going to do like yeah. staying in bed. Like that's ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, he's right. It was the right thing to do. Yeah. Like if you deal with the situation and you're like, and just hey. be like adult about it and be like, yeah, you're adult, exactly. we're adults. Like, you know, um, so yeah, I really, that was a great moment. And, uh, and the, other, the other parallel is legit the opening shot where he's watching her. Yes. And kind of like playing with her hair or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so, I mean, I don't have a lot to say to that, just that it was there. And, the, and I like that um, most of the clips, I would say, have some sort of reference or parallel to um, something <laughs> from the show. From the past. Uh, it definitely has that uh, serious finale feeling to it. Um, yeah. Of that full circle. Overall, I would say like all the actors have such a heaviness to them. Even in moments where they're supposed to be happy, I feel like they're forcing smiles. Not because they're bad actors or anything, but just because I think everyone is feeling yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like you know that it's they over. Know their last gathering. Yeah. They're yeah. literally literally saying goodbye to each other uh, in this working capacity, this kind of work family. Um but yeah, so, oh, and also in this clip, she, Eva gets a text about, from, oh, oh, no, text, oh, phone call oh. from Bilda saying we should do something for Sana. So that kind of kickstarts that, um, that whole thing. Small yeah. kind of like goal of the episode. Yeah. Okay, we should, we should figure out something to let her know that yeah. we love her and she's awesome, which she uh -huh. is. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I'm reminded again that my mom still hasn't seen this episode. She likes to remind me all the time. Um, <laughs> One day, Someone's mom. I'm not give her closure. <laughs> I know. I have not given her closure. It's all on me. So then it's Jonas. And then it's Jonas. Yes. Yeah. So he's making out with Emma in mm -hmm. the street and kind of like choosing which way they're going to go to their classes, the next buildings or whatever. And she totally calls him out for being embarrassed about being with her. Yeah. And he totally denies it, but it's, it's, he definitely gets borne out in the rest of the clip. Yeah. There is definitely. Yeah, true to, to it. Yeah, but so my question is why? I don't remember, is it, I don't remember why he would, or at least I didn't associate. Um, I mean, part of me was like, because of Isak. Yeah, it must be because Isak dated her and that got weird. So maybe he just doesn't want those two people to cross. Like he's not ready for them to know. Yeah, I think maybe it's just that or like, she didn't bring, her, bring her to the boys like does it just yeah does it bring a certain level to the relationship I don't know yeah that could be it like he's not ready to commit or to be like in a known relationship yeah that makes sense I was gonna say that I really like her hair that yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome like there are very few women who can pull off that hair and she definitely oh, can definitely pulls it off um it has the cheekbones and the chin and everything yeah, my feelings about them are pretty whatever. I don't feel very strongly about Jonas and yeah. Emma. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, cool, whatever. Literally, yeah. I, that's what I wrote. I wrote whatever. It feels a little like in service of the moment at the end of the party with P. Chris and <laughs> where they basically like swap partners and yeah. kind of hinting at Eva and Jonas being kind of good for each other, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can, I was going to ask like, do we, I guess we should wait to um get to that 
Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, I probably should just go in order of the class. Yeah, that's the what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. Um, and then, so after he leaves Emma, um, he goes and meets up with the boy squad who yes. are already, who are talking about, and who? Sarah, is it? Sarah, is that her name? Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. Uh, and they're talking about uh, Sana's party. Um, this is one of the cultural cringes where she's like, well, do they have alcohol? Like, <laughs> and, and, and but this, this is the moment that I, I was like, I miss you, Isak, where he was like, you can survive one party without alcohol. <laughs> yeah. And I actually really like that because it reminded me uh, that they were friends. I mean, yeah. the whole like controversy over the Facebook stuff and everything is because they were really close and talking. Oh, yeah. And that's so that I think she is specifically coming to Isak, one, because they have a history, but also because he knows hey, you understand Sana, like, is she being legit about this? Like, if yeah. I go to this party, and he's like, yeah, she wants, she's trying to make peace. Like, if yeah. you can trust it. Like, yeah. Sana's my girl. Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I gave her a very controversial talk the other day. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'll come back. That'll come yeah, back. That'll come back. Um, so, oh yeah, then they question Jonas, Sarah leaves, they question Jonas about where he was, like, when, who he was with, and he's totally denying that he was with anyone, so, like, clearly clarifying that his relationship with Emma is secret, though mm-hmm. the guys seem to know that something is up. Um, yeah, but I think at this point he's had a bit of a reputation, so they don't pry right. into it too much, and it's right, more right. sort of thing. Um, shout out to Julian Dahl. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> one day we should like compile a list of everything we know about this kid because here we find out he's rich and uh gives money away or lends money away lend, i think lends money like i think you know like you could hit him up for money because they said a- atm uh right. so i think that if you're like hey um i need money for x or y he'll be like yeah sure no problem just pay me back whenever uh-huh. never <laughs> but it's funny because i had forgotten that detail because I mean, it's been a while, um, but when you read a lot of um, Evac fanfic and Julian Bell is the character, usually he is a rich kid. Um, and I just, just, I just, it's this thing where it's, sometimes it's hard to know what's canon and what's fanon. And so right. I was like, oh, that is canon. It's not just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not just something people agreed on. Yeah. Although um, I love when that shit happens. Uh, where does his name come from, by the way? Did you, I think you explained to me once, it's like a shout out to a crew member or something. Okay. The lore, who knows I, if someone can confirm this to me, or maybe I've forgotten. The lore is that there used to be a Julian doll who would co- comment all the time on the Instagrams. And so it became this thing of, like, is this, like, a fan or is it someone in the crew? Like, do they actually know them? Like, what's the deal? Amazing. And then it got, like, added into the, to the show. That's amazing. I love that so much. <laughs> I love the name Julian Dahl too. It's because, so- because he also like he would comment stuff like, okay, I'm gonna make a bad example here, so call me out. But it was something like, uh, can't wait to see you at the party, or <laughs> like, like that. Like there was a familiarity between Julian Dahl and like the characters on Instagram. I love that. I love the meta ness of that. <laughs> yeah, that's um. what I like. <laughs> Julian Dahl. Forever. Okay, so then uh, Jonas gets a text from Penetrator Chris, and it's a an hilarious and amazing text where this and, is Because like- so, so I was like, should he be reading the text out loud? And then I was like, 100% he should be reading the text out loud. That text deserves to be read out loud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those boys need to have that conversation. Like, and they have the perfect conversation about it. So <laughs> the text is basically like, hey, I'm kind of crushing on Eva. You used to go out with her, right? Can you tell me all the stuff she likes? I find her confusing. Like, bro to bro, tell me what she likes. 
like hours. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, it's the ha ha there's ha. Nothing, I, I was going to say, there's nothing worse than a text that ends with ha 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 ha. Because, you know, it's anything but that. Like, after like a chunk that big. After a chunk that big, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's this like most amazing forced casual. I don't give a shit, but like, I'm just, I'm just asking if I did give a shit, like, what would it be? <laughs> bro to bro. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so he reads it out to everyone, which leads to a discussion about the whole thing. Like about the whole thing, and um, when Vilda comes over, she mentions, um, or, or I should say, uh, Jonas mentions. He asks about penetrator Chris. What did about penetrator Chris and Eva? And she says, "Oh yeah, they're going out. I think she really likes him, but he's not interested." So I guess that's Vilda misunderstanding the situation. I think so because I think Vilda has a very Romantic? Romantic view of the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, but it puts Jonas in an interesting moral quandary because as far as he knows, that's true. So he has the option to help these two further along. And luckily, I guess, for Eva, he doesn't do that. And he just sends back his hilarious response of like, man, just chill. Ask her to eat nachos and watch Fresh Prince. I'm just going to say, no girl. <laughs> <laughs> on the planet I well I should say that uh that sounds like a terrible time to me <laughs> I don't know it's like a Netflix and chill situation yeah it's something about the combo of nachos and fresh prints that I think is like the perfect turn me off <laughs> I was like I don't think you understand how much uh Gen Z loves 90s sitcoms at times like, that's true that's ironically true. it's probably a generate it's totally a generational thing I was going to say, if you're like Nachos and Ragnarok, I'd be like, I'm down. But what I did like was um, while in true scam fashion, and I'm glad we got one of these in this episode, while he's looking at the phone and figuring out what to text and if to text, there's a hilarious conversation happening among the boys squad that has yeah. several layers. Um, <laughs> first, it's basically everyone asking, oh, what, what was the last time you gave someone flowers? And Maddie was like, my mom. And I was right. like, oh, well, he gives his mom flowers. <laughs> um, and Magnus sort of over and over saying, I don't know. I think it's actually kind of brave that, like, Pete Chris is willing to text you, right? Yeah, like, Pete Chris, I mean, uh, Magnus totally stands up for, for Pete Chris, yeah. Which I thought was interesting. And, and then my hila favorite hilarious part is Isaac also kind of standing up for him. Being like, remember the Yakuza? Remember that random shit from season two? He told yeah. us to cut my back because then, as a reminder, Maddie and Magnus weren't really friends with them. So he's kind of catching them up as a recap. On everything that happened. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And uh, I have to admit, even though how weird that stuff was in its season, something about the way they talk about it here made me totally forgive it and be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I can picture a bunch of guys sitting around talking about some epic fight they had, like, <laughs> two years ago. And the utter disbelief, you got into a fight, Isak? Yeah. <laughs> also, there's a group out there called the Yakuza. <laughs> yes. No one actually asks that, but I feel like they should. I, I, yeah, that's why I, I wrote Yakuza, and then I always have to go, like, lol, because I'm like, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah, they're basically, like, teasing Isak about it. Um, they talk about, William comes up and what a dick he is, but Pete Chris is okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then Jonas also makes a second decision, which is to text Emma to, just, to invite her to the yes. party. That's right, yeah. And that was something, that was, like, a moment where I was like, is he, would it, I wasn't sure if he's inviting her because 
he just got the information that Eva has kind of moved on or is seeing someone else. So maybe he should like be more open about it too, or like he's ready to make the same move. Or some part of me was like, is he just inviting her <laughs> to like make Eva, I mean, Emma, no, not Emma, Eva jealous or just I, to like show off or maybe some combination of the two. I mean, I hadn't even thought about the second option. I guess I was just thinking too purely for for Jonas. <laughs> I was just like, no. He's uh, giving himself permission to be like, I guess I can let people know. Like, it's okay. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But probably, yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, and then uh, in probably my Magnus, my favorite Magnus moment ever. Ever of the entire show. <laughs> when he imitates William's hair and puts the hood up. And okay. does, like, it's amazing. It's amazing. They, everyone is so natural here. This scene made me so nostalgic for high school, like for being in high school. For those moments when you're just hanging out with people who you see mostly every day, um, who you have like a family. I mean, as an adult, you have lots of friends and all this kind of stuff, but there's something about that contained experience in school that is unique. And then having those moments of just hanging out and chilling and talking about shit. And you guys all go way back, at least to some extent, and you all have shared memories. Yeah. And that reminds me of, like, I don't, I, you know how, I feel like in your senior year of high school, you're so um, ready to grow up that, yes, a part of you is nostalgic, but you really, like, there's so much of, like, looking to the future. Uh-huh. For me, my senior year of college, like, I was pretty early on being, like, everything is going to change. Like, yeah. like, I was. You're one of those kids. There's always, like, one in the group who's, like, you guys you why are why is everyone so happy it's gonna end and it's, everything's gonna be different yeah. well and it was i remember it was just like i was walking through because um our my dorm had tunnels that connected a bunch of the buildings of the dorm and i guess i was probably walking to either to the dining hall or just to meet uh, but uh one of my friends lived on the other side Luz carl and i was like i'll never again have my friends in the same this, yeah like yeah like, this is something that's never going to happen again. You can literally just go two minutes down the hall or to the second floor yeah. or whatever and knock on their door. And, door they'll, and they'll be right yeah. there. And I was just like, I just very much remember feeling that. And where all of you have shared issues. Like, you're all talking about the same friends, yeah. yes. professors. Pretty soon it's going to be everyone's in their own workplace, their own spouse. And yeah, it's it's special. I, yeah, anyway, this like, like um, yeah, that, you're so right about that. Uh, that's That's... I hadn't even thought about that yet. Like you, you always know to some extent what the other person is talking about because yeah. it's just such a shared experience. But I think it also goes back to what we were saying of like allowing the show to have those minutes, mm-hmm. moments. Uh, it doesn't add anything. It adds a chuckle. And maybe if you're concerned about like the runtime of your episode, you cut it, but you don't cut it. If you know that it's just like, I don't know, a pure gold moment. Yes, and that part of the enjoyment of the show is being with them as if they are your friends, as if you are in that courtyard, like, I'm told, you, you're in on the joke. You know about the fight. Exactly, yes. You know about Julian Dahl. You know about so-and-so, you know, whatever, who's dating who. So, um, yeah, it's it's wonderful. We're missing the moment we decided to skip, which is the Vilde embarrassing herself moment. (laughs) (laughs) Subconsciously. (laughs) Yeah, when Vilde first comes over, she asks Medi if, if, what, what they should do for, um, for for, uh, for aid. And he's like, 
I don't know. I'm Catholic. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, everyone kind of like, it's almost this feeling of like, it's fine. It's Vilda. Like, yeah, exactly. That's kind of how I read it. And Magnus, like, and Magnus is like a good boyfriend about the whole thing. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Nothing. It's, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But also she handles it more gracefully than usual. Which yes. Is yes. I think there's a little bit more of self-awareness. It's just like, I don't think not enough for most people and that's why we always have sort of like this feel complicated feelings let's just say that towards her I don't know about you but like I would be standing there wishing for the earth to swallow me oh yeah I would be like I would be still be thinking about it today oh yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly like randomly in the shower and you're just suddenly this like feeling of hot yeah so and you're like, oh, God. I remember when I when I asked, I remember that time that I assumed Medi was Muslim. <laughs> yes, so good, a hundred percent. Okay, all right. So now we get to Chris. Yes. Uh, so this is a fun scene, opening scene. It's kind of fun. Eva and Nora are discussing the gift. They still don't really have any ideas. Someone suggests a speech or something. Yeah, I, this is how the speech idea sort of is yeah. born. And uh, while that conversation is happening in that classic scam way of conversation and text conversation, Chris um, has gotten a text from Vilda asking to borrow money. And I love that the text isn't just, hey, can I borrow 1100 kroner or whatever, however much it was. Um, I'll pay you back next week, I promise. And the 750 I owe you. And she goes on to explain herself in the classic way of like people who are because if she really did want to buy a shirt, she would just ask for the money. But yeah. because of something else, she feels the need to explain, I really just love this shirt and I can't borrow from my mom because I borrowed too much. And Chris is very, I guess, conflicted because she's like, there's more, like, this is, this is a lie. Like, and I don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And she knows it's a lie. But I, I do love everything about Chris and Vilda that we see this episode. I really enjoy because um, it is, like we've said, every main that we've had, I, I they're not close with Vilda, not to the extent that we can get sort of like more of an insight into her life. Even when, when we had the eating disorder storyline, it's still very much so firmly from Nora's point of view and they're still getting to know each other. Yeah. And there was like an outsiderness to it. Exactly. It was, yeah. It was Nora like breaching to enter, to become a friend. Yeah. Rather than, yeah. Whereas uh, Chris, you just immediately know that there's more of a history. There's more of an understanding. And the fact that she's asking her for money, it's like, there's just a closeness that she doesn't have with the other girls. She wouldn't ask any of the other girls for it. So totally. that even just the asking, even if it's with a lie, lets us know, okay, these, like, how really they do mean to each other and the value that they... Yeah. I think overall, the Chris Vilda story, I I really like it. I like that it centers about around their friendship for all the reasons that you just said, like, partly because that's something we don't really get for Vilda. But, or, or Chris, yeah. Um, but I will say the whole, on the whole, I was a little like disappointed. Like I wanted more about Chris. There's still something about the, at the end of this episode, yeah. I'm like, I don't yeah. really have any insight into this girl. She still, to some degree, plays like a caricature. And I don't think it's the actor. She's yeah, wonderful. I, I was going to say, I think the actor does really good with everything she's given. Yeah. And um, this is probably more sort of like focused attention on her and has been in any other episode, so she really brings it. But yeah, there, I, I agree that there's a certain flatness to it that merits the criticism. Yeah, of- yeah. Like, 
she she's clearly very loving and very like warm and concerned for her friend and like okay <laughs> that's yeah good. yeah and so it's like it's like the show didn't do enough work beforehand to them this is the only glimpse because like okay Yona, uh god even p chris like i have had insights uh to other sides of them through their relationships with other people and others. Yeah, Jonas definitely, um, even Vilda, this has become yeah. hinted at in lots of episodes, in lots of seasons past. But Chris hasn't really had that same treatment. Yeah. So then this doesn't add that much to what we know because we don't really know that much. I guess I, I guess I would have a similar criticism to the Eskil Lynn story, which we'll get to. It's not that I don't like it or anything. It just feels a little like, why are we here? I mean, I like these characters, but I think what you're saying is the reason why I felt that way, which is that I don't know that I had enough emotional connection or backing with them from previous seasons to like connect here. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's just me. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do actually, I really enjoy the scene with the nurse, which we'll get to in a sec. I just want to point out that Emma stops by the, the table and is like... Right, yeah, the second half of the Chris scene is that Emma stops by and asks if they're all going to the aid party, and she, like, she reveals she's going with Jonas, and thought, and, and she was like... And she mentions Casa Grupa. Yeah, she's like, oh, I don't have any, I was worried I wouldn't have any friends there, but then I remembered Casa Grupa, and you guys will probably be there, and... And it's, I don't know, it's awkward, and, but kind of cute, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I genuinely think Emma isn't, there's no ulterior motive to her doing No, that. I don't think so. Remember, she's younger than them, too. Yeah. So, like, there, there, there's probably an awareness of the history, but, like, she didn't live through it, you know? Yeah, and without the baggage of it. Yeah, the, the yeah. intense emotionness of it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, Emma does, I thought, an incredible job of, like, that moment of realizing that your ex-boyfriend, like you're talking to the new girlfriend of your mm -hmm. ex-boyfriend and you don't want to be awful. And also yeah. like, you shouldn't care, but why do I care? Yeah. And <laughs> think about it right now. Just put on a smile. Yeah. And, and be like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of you. Like, don't yeah. worry. Uh, yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So like all of that is going through her face and you can see it. And Chris clocks it. Like Chris notices it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think maybe that's what we're supposed to be getting a little bit of is that perceptiveness. Which I buy, 100%, I buy it, that depth and perceptiveness. But then it's, it's my thing, for example, with I'm so sad we didn't get Chris this season because why can't she be the one who comes to Stan when it's like, hey, we're worried about you. Like, uh, you know, like, what's up? Yeah, and right? not just this on the season, in other seasons. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm only mentioning this one particularly because I remember being excited that, like, oh, they've established off screen that these two people get along well. Get along really well. Yeah, I mean, they are introduced. I mean, Chris brings Zana aboard. Yeah. And uh, they're always hanging out together in the first season. I think yeah. almost more than Chris and Vilda. Maybe not, but... Um, they're definitely yeah. in the background. Yeah, like, uh, and in the Instagrams. Like, the, the, yeah, the yes, yes, exactly. I don't know what those two-wheeled things are called. I don't remember anymore. We don't talk about them anymore. But yes. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I so that's why I sort of mention it because then I'm like, well, I feel cheated that I didn't have those uh -huh. those moments uh, beforehand. Totally. Um, yeah. It sort, of, it sort of feels a little bit like, oh, you you didn't get it, so I'll like give, give you like giving a crumb, mm -hmm. just like give you something when you're yeah. like, I wanted the whole, I wanted the cake. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like the Vilda clips makes me sad that I don't have the Vilda season and the Chris clip kind of makes me angry that 
<laughs> that's it. That's exactly it. like a like this is like, like irritated or like yeah, yeah. It's unfair to her character. Totally. Uh, like she deserves better. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're on the same page. Totally. Um, and so then, oh, by the way, we got us. We I noticed the other day that we have a second review in our um, okay. items. Yeah. They called us smart or something. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, yeah. So, then we enter uh, our, our sort of, like, last hurrah with uh, the nurse. So, Chris stops by to see the nurse. I will say my favorite thing about this, and again, I, I'm like, oh, this, this is an interesting angle. Is like, I feel like usually when people go to the nurse and she goes on her tangents and her mixed metaphors and whatever, everyone's reaction is like, what the fuck? But Chris, <laughs> like, jumps on her wavelength, like, so easily. Completely. She's and jumps like, off of it. Like, she, she's, to they're totally together on this. <laughs> like, oh, you're, you're right. I never even thought of it. Like, that, that is, so I loved that interaction. Uh, yeah. uh, and so yeah, especially because you kind of expect, because by now you always just expect people to be like, okay. Yeah. And then like, no, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We could just, we will all one day be old and die. Yeah, so. Anyway, so my friend is having a problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, so she brings it up. Essentially, she's worried about Vilde uh, and she wants to be a better friend, wants to be that person that Vilde confides in, but feels like she doesn't have the tools to do it. Yeah, like she doesn't like conflict. She doesn't really know how to do it. And then nurse's response is basically just to give a pep talk. Yeah. Uh, I will say that it's funny because the advice she gives her is, what I thought was really insightful, like advice that I read in a, in a, one of those Dear Abby type columns along like a few years ago that at the time blew, blew my mind. And then I'm like, it was in scam all along, um, <laughs> which is in the, in the Dear Abby column, it was somebody writing and saying like, Hey, I'm kind of a, a procrastinator, but I married a guy who's really like on top of things all the time. And I'm a little nervous how that's going to work out. And Dear Abby or whoever replied, um, you're not a procrastinator. You just tell yourself you are. <laughs> So, yeah, so I actually, I made a note to write of the whole speech, like, be careful with the truths we tell ourselves, right? Like, yeah. And um, that's such a wonderful piece of advice. It did I make know. me stop to think, too. Like, it was one of those moments, I think I legit paused it just for a second to, like, huh, yeah, okay, interesting. Uh, and it kind of just ends with a smile uh, uh -huh. with Chris. And I was like, yeah, that is, that is. That is actual good advice. Yeah. Um, and I think like it's advice that I wish I had heard when I was their age. So I'm happy that it's out in the world for all the people who watch it, who, um, and maybe you just need to be, you need to, you have, it has to be received at the right time for you to fully get it. But uh, I think that's fair. Um, and, and it's kind of that thing. And, and I think maybe it hit me harder now <laughs> because I'm in a pandemic and stuck in my room. And I don't know, like, and so, so it made me think, I think in a way that it hadn't before. Yeah. Um, so, eh, whatever yeah. that's worth. It's funny how everything reads differently. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the th things that I used to like, I'm sort of like, oh, I don't feel like that right now. Or, um, and then also things I've never really been into. I'm suddenly into, yeah, it's, it's very weird. I mean, I've always been into, for example, as we've discussed previously today at children's television, but I find myself watching children's television much more these days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. There's uh, uh -huh. <laughs> a centered appeal to the optimism and to the simplicity. Yes. Uh, because they don't, 
I, I, I watch good children's television. Like I, yeah. I, I go for the quality, but <laughs> even, so it's like, even then it's like, well done. Right. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I don't know something about it. So I'm like, because I'm putting Avatar and Korra under that, for example. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. So I'm watching, I'm like literally my, my, even though I'm watching other stuff, my ongoing stuff apart from Julie is like Korra, uh, finished Avatar, Clone Wars, which technically is also a children's show. So yes. I'm like all around. <laughs> yeah, you're like about in the seventh grade right now. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I wish. Uh, and it wasn't on purpose. I just suddenly looked around and I was like, oh, oh I guess this, these are the, the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Okay. And then we get to Evan. Evan, who is looking extremely cute this whole episode. I'm, I thought that too. I was like, oh, he looks so handsome. <laughs> um, but, but here's, okay, so here's, I think this is a good contrast, at least for me, with the Chris thing, because I felt Evan's anxieties very close to my heart in this clip, because mm-hmm. I understood him. That's right. Even so though well. he... You know, we've never had his season or certainly, yeah. or yeah, totally. I didn't have any trouble placing myself and mm-hmm. understanding where he was coming from. Yes. At all. And, and filling in the gaps between what you know, what you're being presented here, and then like, and, and then it, 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 there's a totality to it that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So essentially, uh, Evan is on his phone uh, at the school in one of the famous benches uh, waiting. We find out eventually waiting for Isaac. And he's uh, in the group chat uh, because it's Isaac's birthday. And he's freaking, freaking out on the group chat, essentially. Freaking out, yeah. Well, like, getting really personal. <laughs> both. Both. <laughs> so, so, it, so it starts with, uh, do we have ketchup and beer? And it ends up with, like, because everyone's trying to, like, calm him down. And it's, like, the usual right. suspects. It's, like, Jonas, who probably knows him a little better. And, like, yeah. Evan, whatever. And then he's all, like, you don't know what he deals with the other 363 days of the year. And I'm, like, yeah. Evan? Which is, like, which is, like, one level of, like, yeah, because you could say that, you could read that in a text in different ways. And, like, there's something funny about it. And, like, self, self it could be self-referential. Um but then he goes on to say, it is personal, but also it could be light. And then he yeah. goes on to say, he's too good for me. And yeah. there's something about the, like the, those two together that I was like, if I were getting these texts, I would be like, oh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> of course, Chris is there to, with her new nurse advice. <laughs> with her new confidence from her. Yeah. yeah, well, and like lesson learned, you know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I didn't write the specifics I wrote, like Chris coming through with the inspirational message, but essentially it's like, that's not what I see. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. She basically says to him what nurse said to her, which is like, I don't see a girl. Nurse says to her, like, I don't see a girl who has a trouble with conflict. I see a girl who loves conflict. And then she does the same psychology to Evan. And um, I don't know. It works. And I think this is what, what I like about it is, um, and it's something we talked about before, and it's this idea that he's in love and he's happy, but he 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 his mental illness is a he still sees it as a burden, and so he can't help he but see, a burden. exactly yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's the 
fascinating aspect. And it's like, he can tell himself minute by minute, he can tell himself I'm doing better, but he cannot, that's not enough, right? And like being in love hasn't fixed his insecurities and hasn't. Totally. Um, I don't know. I thought, like I said, it's like very beautifully done, concise yeah. done. Totally, especially considering how short it is. I think part of why, part of what I love about this clip is besides the fact that it really, like you said, instantly puts you in his shoes. It, it, I love that it keeps the evac relationship alive in a very dynamic way. Yeah. Um, like they're not just like kind of boring by the wayside. Oh yeah, they're just happy. It's, it's, oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's a Remember when we were seeing them through Sana's eyes, it was making out in classrooms, like yeah. having kind of cutesy fights about laundry. <laughs> Uh, d- getting complaining about getting distracted because of my hot boyfriend, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. yeah, it was the outsider perspective, but this like makes it feel just like a real, so that when the show is over and like now, however many years later, if I close my eyes, they feel like a real relationship still, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Even if I guess Evan has decided that he's going to give up uh, film and be a teacher. I think that's what the last right. one. Right. And isn't one of them, yeah, he's teaching and what's uh, Isak doing? I can't remember. Med now. school. It was med school, right? Yeah, okay. I, I, I was going to say that, but I'm like, no, it can't be. That sounds so stupid because he doesn't do well in bio, but I guess he no, found he it. Does, he does do well. He just does five instead of six. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he gets kids, his grades were down because he's now living with his hot boyfriend. Just let a man be. he was like look I got success when I was like super angsty and uh emo about my mom and my dad so I was like I'm just gonna focus on my energy and books uh, but now I get to focus my own energies on my hot boyfriend <laughs> which like who can study when <laughs> and they have a one bedroom apartment like <laughs> Well, yeah, all you want to do is lie around and make <laughs> cheesy toast or whatever the hell they make. I'm just saying. His struggle is real. And then, and then Isak arrives. And right. uh, Evan, being very cute, has uh, a can of beer for him because now he's 18. He can legally drink, I guess. Yeah, I Probably think. not in school, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what the, the the laws of alcohol consumption in public are in Norway. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's a very insider okay. question. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, and Isak is very cute about it. And then we get this banter about sort of like Evan's gift for him, which is he made him a little film. And he's like, did you find it? Did you find it? Did you find it? And obviously, in the real world, the scam fans had already found it before the clip even came out. I was going to ask, does it really exist? So what is it? No, we, we, we've talked about it. The, I'm going to show you. The boy who couldn't breathe underwater. Holds his. Oh, right. Boy, yes. His, and it's just like clips of them from the last year. So it's just like little home videos of them. Oh my God. It's so fucking adorable. <laughs> oh God. I love it. Is he learning to drive? Yeah. He's learning to drive. <laughs> he's sucking at it. Oh god, the video games. I fucking love this. I don't think I actually watched it. I mean, we talked about it. And he's wearing his little um, pansexual pin. 
Oh, I didn't notice. I mean, it's not the first time I've seen the video. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken in every inch of the frame. That's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's so good. It's so <laughs> that's, that's, that is gift. And so like, obviously, there's a lot of reference there because as Isaac is trying to figure out what it is, he's, he's like, I don't know, we have we have a lot of like references. Which one is it? Little uh, <laughs> curtains, gray curtains. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, it's cute. And then obviously, live has to get in the way of cuteness. Yeah, we get a little drama when some dickhole is yelling homophobic shit yeah. um, and Isak loses it and and then Evan calms him down. Yeah. So it was, I thought it was like a really well-balanced scene because we see Evan in the beginning with his anxiety and then that is when, but when he's with Isak, it's not an, an, an issue. He's yeah, exactly. Himself. And then we see Isaac have his temp problem, which is like his temper. Um, and also his, I mean, he's, yeah, anyway. And then not insecurity, the opposite of insecurity. I don't even know what that would be, but. Uh, no, I know. Uh, I was trying to, I was trying to fill in the word and I was like insecurity, but I was like, it's not really that either. That's yeah. It's, just, it's actually like, he is at a place where he won't talk. He's, he like has self enough self-respect or something that he will not fucking tolerate this. Um, he also has a bit of an anger issue. So <laughs> it, it, it adds up into like blowing up this guy. And then, um, but, but Evan calms him down. And yeah. in like a very, this is us, don't worry about anything else. This yeah. is not worth it kind of yeah. way. Yeah, I thought it was like the, a really- The minute by minute is implied. It doesn't need to be said. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I know, I agree. And, and I think, and I don't know how much this is predicting how much is part of the show because it was such a huge part a couple episodes ago. But I mean, I think it is an acknowledgement that Sana has a point that like, there's like hate everywhere. Uh, yes, that's true. And that it very much ties into the end of the, yeah. uh, the, the episode. The, yeah. The montage at the end. Yeah. It's nice because in like an episode of otherwise pretty rosy moments, it is like just the right amount of, they do live in the real world and it's it's kind of like the his like Evan's anxiety in the beginning, the sense like of connecting them to the world that we all live in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, let's go back to this. Speaking of William. This one I did understand was about William. I didn't <laughs> um, it was about William. I do honestly I remember when the season came out and because at that at this point it was very much like the internet show show, so I don't know what the response was in Norway. But obviously the response line was like, why do I have to waste my time on William's <laughs> point of view? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of like a, like a, okay, like I don't have particularly strong feelings one way or the other about it. Um, the yeah, I was like, it, there's definitely, it's definitely a softer William. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So it was nice to see that. I thought it looked pretty. Everyone looked pretty. Yeah. Uh, and like, uh. I, you know, whatever. Uh-huh. He and Nora are hanging out at some sort of lake or some sort of rec park or something. Um, she's trying to work. It turns out she's trying to write Sana's speech. I mean, the speech for Sana and uh, for her party. And William is kind of bothering her and in a kind of goofy way. And then he gets a message from his dad saying, when are you coming? Have you talked to her yet? And he says, no, I mean, I haven't talked to her. And the dad says like, okay, we'll do it. It's time. So that's kind of the setup of the dynamic or the drama of this clip. 
Yeah, uh-huh. and, uh, he keeps this trying to distract her, and eventually she's like, well, why don't you help me? And he says, well, why don't you tell me a little bit about her? Which I was like, I was like, look, I know I understand you're trying to be sweet and a good boyfriend, but part of me is like, well, you don't know anything about her because you've never tried to hang out with her friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like, it's amazing you know her name, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I did like, I did like the reference Nora makes which basically says like we wouldn't be here if it weren't for her and not just because of the email in (laughs) season oh yeah yeah. yes the email from like three episodes ago but but not uh, just because of the email but because in season two because in season two she sorry I'm getting tired I think so my brain is like fizzling out yes because back in season two she's the one who told Nora to like why don't you try what was it like walk in his shoes kind of thing like try to understand him and what were we saying about William? Uh, just talking about the sauna and how she yeah. connected them. Yeah, how she connected. And she was, she was like, so what if he broke a bottle over someone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not what she said. Please refer to our episode where we actually, we, I think we actually did have a good discussion about the whole conversation. Because points were made. I don't love all of it, but it's a good conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Lynn calls asking Nora to like pick up toilet paper, and then she and she's very concerned when Nora's coming back, and Nora's very like, "Why does she keep calling me?" Yeah, that's so a setup for the Eskil yeah, yeah, and then we get some. Uh, I called it deep thoughts with William. <laughs> you mean that montage or no? Where he's like, and where he's all like, "Let me tell you about the butterfly effect." Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, she's looking for a science tie-in for the speech, and he tells her about the butterfly effect. Um, I was like, Norm totally knows about the butterfly effect, but okay. But okay, yeah, whatever. I think I tuned it out a little bit because I was like, everyone who talks about the butterfly effect always gets it wrong. I don't even want to get into it. Like, <laughs> like the pop- well, at, at least, At least I think he said something like, well, it's part of the chaos theory, and I was like, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, but what was it? Uh, yeah, and then he, we see him sort of, like, after we see her talk about Sana and then answer Lynn and sort of, like, he's, he's just watching her and then answers, replies to his dad, basically, saying, like, I talked to her, which, not, not really. The implication is he's lying. Um, uh, she doesn't want to go. She needs to be with her friends and I need to be with her. Yeah, yeah, so he's sort of, like, I think we're supposed to be getting that he's putting her needs before his own. Yes. Uh, and definitely. doesn't need to be, like, told to do so. Right. Yeah. And I was a little bit mixed about it because <laughs> well, as with everything with William, um, because it is, I think it's supposed to be like a sweet thing that he, yeah, he's putting her needs above his own. He's recognizing how much she needs her friends around. I mean, they did already have an experience in London where she was absolutely miserable. Um, but on the other hand, I'm like, you, you need to work on communication. Like, yeah, that was a little bit where with I was your girlfriend, with your dad, with everyone. <laughs> I was, it was a little bit there too, where I liked the moment. Were you thrown off by the fact that it was in English? Yes, I did notice it. Yeah, the texts are in English. And then I was like, oh, I guess his dad is English, like British English. I don't think so. I think that, I think his dad is just like, I moved to London and I only speak English. So I only speak <laughs> <laughs> That's how I read it. But yeah, so I was like, I, I think he's making the right choice. But I also think that he should just talk to her about it. Yeah. Like, I feel like, he, again, he's controlling the relationship. Like, he's not even giving her the opportunity to think about it or say no. You know what I mean? Like, he's Yeah, like, hey, my dad told me this thing, and I just want to be open with you since I know yeah. communication has been an issue in the, back, in, the, in, the, in the past. 
But um, I really just want to stay here. Yeah. He could be like, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Uh, and, then, and now let's go back to the butterfly effect. Uh, and, you know, like, there you go. Yeah, I don't have much else to add. I feel like I've wasted so many hours talking about William. I know. I, I just will have more to say, I guess, when you get to the party. Yeah. Oh, you know what else I forgot? So, so several things I want to point out. When we were talking about Evan, I wanted to talk about how we still haven't rewatched the Hague Bittis Beat um, YouTube videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and how Evan is in the last one. And so, like, that's another thing that I don't know if we want to get into. So, yeah, so then our last sort of POV clip is Eskil and Lynn, um, which I do actually think I also have sort of, like, mixed feelings about. Yeah. I feel a little, like, tacked on, maybe? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, I, I hate saying that because it sounds really harsh. I Because I, I don't mind getting to hang out with Eskil and Lynn uh, yeah, at all. But, yes. But yeah, it's just... You know what it is? I think it's the level of emotion that they have in that scene, which is, I love seeing that they have this special connection, but I don't have this connection with their connection. Yeah, like, I, I've always, I, I've definitely liked Lynn more than you have, I think, uh, but I think that's also part of the fandom. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like, it's it's part jokingly, part lovingly, where they're like, yes, the character that is just depressed and stays in her room all the time, I see her, uh, <laughs> like it me. Uh, so, so, <laughs> so there is a certain sort of like aspect to that, and sort of like you also see her on social media, right? Uh, with, and like Eskil's page or Nora's page or Isak's page or whatever. I'm not sure. Um, I just know that. So, so true. I bet if you're like more active on the social media front, you are more connected to the two of them than yeah. So there, there are definitely a presence, and obviously Eskil has some amazing moments uh, throughout. Yeah. So I do love their connection, and I did feel it, and I was glad to see it, and I was glad that they have each other. But yeah, it just didn't feel as impactful as some of the other clips, I think. Yeah, so basically what's going on in it is that they're experimenting with looks for the AE party, and uh, Eskil was waking, making her wear hijab. Like he he later explains he went and got outfits for them. Yeah, and I I was I, I definitely paused and was like, okay, is this respectful or cultural appropriation? I was, <laughs> like, is it respectful or the opposite of respectful? I was thinking the same thing, but I think it really is. I mean, I don't know the way that Rachel sells it and the way that Santa reacts. It's like like just a, a an attempt, albeit maybe perhaps misguided to uh to be respectful um and i think everyone accepts it as that or like sees it as that so it comes in um yeah it's kind of like the veiled awkwardness with medi like it's this like everyone knows it's meant with good with love and good intention (laughs) um but uh but i was like wondering in the abstract what would this be like i had i had a question too i had questioned it too but then again, maybe it comes back to watching it during the pandemic where I was just like, I'm not going to waste my time worrying about it. Yeah. Uh, exactly. It's just like, I'm just going to see the positive of it uh, and uh, accept it and move on. Yeah. But, but it is worth thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not even like, it wasn't, it's not like even in an upset, judgy way or anything. I was just curious. Like, for example, when I, like, I'm not Catholic, but if I go to a Catholic church, like when I was in Italy, I definitely wore more conservative clothing as a sign of respect to the people around me but that's not as specific as a hijab which has 
really significant, like spiritual, psychological significance to people who wear it, which if I put it on, doesn't have for me. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering that too. But then I was like, I guess sometimes when you go to certain countries, you do have to wear. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. So, so that's, that's, I did briefly. <laughs> you did put some thought into it. I did a little bit. Yeah, I did. I was like, well, I guess if I do, I didn't think about the Catholic thing, but although it is true, especially more in Europe than my experience of like my. I mean, in Italy also partly they wouldn't let you in if you didn't do that. Honestly, they wouldn't let you in. Yeah. What, where, I guess it must have been, no, it was Spain. I was like trying to remember the last time that I had to like buy something to put on because what I was wearing it was like Italy I think it was Venice like 95 degrees uh-huh. and they were like you you're wearing shorts and a tank and uh so so figure it out and I was like okay uh, and I think I had just bought some pants with my mom so I put those on on top uh-huh and then, I don't, what did I do for, I don't remember, but I remember you being, a, have, they'll have, sometimes they have shawls. I was going to say, it's possible I put something on from, from them there. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, just, I was, that was always, that, I, when I was growing up in Puerto Rico, it wasn't so much a problem for me. I always had appropriate clothes, but I remember a couple of times my cousin not having shirts that were appropriate or the dresses were too revealing. So she always uh-huh. had to be like, oh, I have to find a shawl. In, in, we're not very strict, but. Yeah, right. Right. yeah. In um in Serbia, I think the the generally the Eastern Orthodox Church is I think certainly as strict as the Catholic Church in Europe, if not stricter. So my mom is also who grew up much more part of that than I did, uh, and also in an older time. Anyway, she's she's very judgy when like when we go to weddings and people show up in like shorts. She's uh, like, oh, like <laughs> how could they? Yeah. So I think. And then the other part of the discussion that I liked was Lynn is specifically worried about Nora, Nora leaving them. Yes. Um, and sort of like, this is where Eskil does his Eskils. And it's like, well, we don't like William, but we love Nora, mm-hmm. Nora, and we have to support her. And so like, it's up to her, right? Whatever she decides. I love how you could take this conversation, like basically word for word and put it for any parent who has a daughter who's getting ready to, who's yeah. like seriously seeing a boy and, or yeah. a guy and, or, or a girl, I guess, and uh, is, is maybe the potential to move out. Yeah. Um, it's so funny to me. I, I did love that aspect of it. Yeah, and I, me, me too. And, uh, and I think it also speaks to the little that we know about Lynn. It doesn't seem like she has a lot of supportive forces in her life. Yeah. So, so you kind of understand mm-hmm. this quote clinginess to Nora who's yeah. very clearly accepted as part of the family yeah exactly yeah and uh and yeah this is kind of the you don't see her get clinging about Isak she don't care about Isak uh <laughs> but Nora leaving her no that's uh yeah yeah oh that's right because Isak moved in with uh with Evan right so, yeah, yeah. In tiny in their tiny distracting one-bedroom apartment uh <laughs> all right anything else we want to say about the sort of POV um, clips. Uh, you had a booger was was notable in. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only other thing. Kind of to undercut in a good way so that this doesn't get too serious because Eskil gets very teary eyed. Yeah. Uh, in in a way that I definitely was feeling. That's that moment I was thinking of. Where I'm like I I think the actors just like are sad that they are leaving, and so it adds this extra weight to the scene. 
but yeah, anyway, so to, so to not be too serious, they, they throw in the booger. Well, yeah, and then they end with another sort of light reference where he's like, hey, do you want to go have some Pepsi Max? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was like, Pepsi Max! Uh. We're just referencing, yeah, every, every moment we can squeeze. Out yeah, of references. Yeah. Every moment we can squeeze is there. So I guess that's kind of like that. Um, so yeah, so that officially ends sort of the POV clips for all of these. I do agree with you that I think it's weird that neither Maddie nor Magnus get a clip, especially because it seems like both of those characters are on the list that you cannot have them as POV characters in the remakes. Right. It's interesting. Again, it really like is kind of shitty that they are on, because then they, they get nothing. They didn't get into the final episode, but mm-hmm. they also don't get their own seasons. Yeah. So it's a little... Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And I still love this thing where, at least as far as I know, this is like how confirmed is this i don't know but yeah everyone there seems to be an agreement that there's characters you can't do yeah Uh, so no matter how many times you ask for the evan character you're not gonna get the point of view of the evan character it's not happening uh campaign all you want you're not gonna get it it's just not happening guys sorry okay so let's pause here yeah uh, let's say all right we know what the povs and so then we can kind of go into the last clip party situation all right well i guess thank you for listening oh you know what we never say that and we really should (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening and social media twitter yeah i was on twitter where um my hot takes like uh the best part of season four the mvps of season four are amira's parents i got a lot of likes so yeah so follow us or email us and um thank you for coming on this journey with us yeah, it's it's almost over. We're going to delay it for another little while just yeah. to get to the party, and then we're done. All right, cool. All right, let's end this. Bye. Bye.